Mother's Day to all the moms out there. I don't normally do this, and I don't like to do this because it defeats the purpose, but because I am going to see my mother, this was actually made the day before, but it's important, and I'm going to give you May 10th's reading, and I know I always give you too much information, but thank you for loving me anyway. Okay, the quote for May 10th is, St. Francis of Assisi says, Where there is patience and humility, there is neither anger nor vexation. What in the world is vexation? I'm going to have to look that up. All right. When we begin recovery, we often start tapping our feet and looking at our watches. Impatient and annoyed because our family and loved ones haven't caught up with our progress. But if we really care about them, we'll give them the respect they deserve and let them choose their own recovery timetable as we chose ours. We began recovery when we were ready and not a minute sooner. We may have resisted the urging of others for a long time before we actually felt ready to change our lives. Now it's our turn to give others the time they need to change and let them recover on their own timetable. We're tempted to rush them and maybe over eager to share the joys of recovery, our new values... We found a wonderful way to live, and we can't wait for them to join us. But wait, we must. Our higher power can help us wait lovingly and with patience, and we can let go. Today, help me be patient with those who are new to the path of recovery. Before I expound on the reading, vexation means the state of being annoyed, frustrated, or worried. So what was the context of that again? Neither anger or vexation so be patient I guess is the moral of the story which is what the reader said the reading said what I like about this is it's so true and I've seen it over and over again in group especially with the people who have families so I'm going to just clarify what this could look like if I've been gambling for 20 years and you know, maybe right before I get ready to quit, it's been, you know, going downhill and it's, it's the unmanageability is really, really creeping in, say six months before we get to our rock bottom or a year before we get to our rock bottom. And then we get to our rock bottom and we start telling people or, you know, we have to come clean to our families or whatever. You had that six months or a year to start ramping up to the acceptance of the problem and preparing to invest in yourself in recovery. Well, when everybody else finds out, though, they didn't have that six months or that year to mentally start accepting that you're a gambler or accepting the damage that's been done. So it wouldn't be fair to expect them to be in the same place as us. Why would they be? They didn't even know what was going on. I mean, they have to digest shock. They they have to digest maybe secrets that were kept. And, you know, I think of the times that I've heard people say, oh, I had a second mortgage on the house. Like my spouse found out that I was gambling because they got the mortgage paperwork. 
X amount of months later or spouses are finding out from credit card statements. And, you know, there's all the lies that come with it, too. Think about how hard it is in some cases to get forgiven for a lie. I know that for me, I'm struggling to forgive some lies and some of them are old and it's not easy. And I to be on, on the side of on the side of it as the the person who isn't the addict or whatever or um all right, yeah, I, I'm gonna pick a person. So there's a there's a person that when they're doing well and they're clean and and doing the right things, I go into it with doubt because that's happened multiple times. And I do not, now this is part of my recovery too. Like I have my boundaries and my beliefs and I'm going to protect myself. My rule is me and my recovery come first before everything else. So I protect myself. So they might get to, to month three or four and they think that they're all fixed and they're all cured and they've done the right thing for a couple months now and I should just forgive and believe and whatever and that's that doesn't work. That's not my timetable in that case. You know, I, I need significant. Well, I don't need anything, right? Like it's their life. And if they do the right thing, and I so believe this because I've seen this happen over and over again. If the addict does the right thing and they do it for themselves, not for everybody else, not the show so that you can say, oh, I have so much clean time, but you're really not improving you're just abstaining or you set expectations for the other people to receive you it doesn't work that way it just doesn't but if you do this the right things for you all of a sudden you wake up someday and the world becomes more accepting your children start allowing you back in their lives your your spouse respects you or all of a sudden they're not tracking your phone to see if you're making a bet when you're gone for 15 minutes extra. Now, this stuff doesn't happen overnight. I mean, people in, in that are dealing with the addicts legit have PTSD in most cases. It's, it's triggering when there's uh, time that we're not accountable for or money that we can't, you know, show or we might forget to get a receipt, whatever that looks like. They're not healed, and you have to give them and respect that they have their, their time to heal. When I first read this, I was thinking of it in the terms of a divorce. Usually, it's one person wanting a divorce, right? Or one person that's got in that mindset of the divorce. So, same thing. If one person's already thinking about the divorce for a year, five years, whatever, but the other person isn't, you're going to heal on different timetables. And that's where I think some of the anger and all that stuff, because if you want the divorce first and there's a reason you want the divorce, chances are you're angry or not happy or whatever. You're processing those feelings probably before the other participant even has a clue or maybe they have some clue, but don't think it'll end in divorce. So then when they find out, then they have to do their processing. It's the same premise as, as when, things come out in the open. And I guess while I'm on this topic, 
it's been shown to me, not just in my own experience, but in, again, hearing from other folks, let it all out the first time. Like if you have your secrets, give, give them all. Get a clean slate when you're confessing and owning up to your actions because you're really doing a disservice to the person that you're coming clean with if it comes out in dribs and drabs over time. Like pull the Band-Aid off, let them start healing, and then when you're living your best life to not lie and to be accountable and to be transparent, you know, do do the work again and do that. It's not fair that you bring them on a roller coaster a bunch of times as the secrets continue to come out. It's, it's just not fair. You're hurting them over and over again. It's like punching them in the face and that nobody deserves that, especially our loved ones, right? Nobody deserves to be, you know, getting parts of the secret over time. It's, it's just, oh, it's horrible. It's really, really horrible. And then you wonder what other secrets. They're always going to wonder, what else don't I know? What else is going to show up down the road? Like, that is not a fun way to live. Just not a fun way to live. Because what happens in their heads is the speculation and the fear. And, you know, what else am I going to find out? How much worse can it get? So, yeah, that's my advice. Just pull the Band-Aid off. Actually, if you're going to surrender and be honest, be honest. Put it all out there. And yeah, it's going to suck. It's going to suck. Anyway, that's that's a really good reading and a really good premise in my humble opinion. So I hope that there's some value to that. I'm feeling like this is uh, directed at folks that maybe haven't quit or maybe are still keeping secrets even though they quit. Just... Just think about, it's funny, yesterday, yesterday's reading and today's reading both, it's, it's a little bit about the other person. So if you have people in your life, it's not all about you. Now, I'm not saying you should act in a way where you're trying to, again, set expectations or make them feel a certain way, but just own your shit. I mean, it's just that easy. Get honest and own your shit, and then it's up to them to sort it out and do whatever. Maybe they can forgive you. Maybe they can't. But if you genuinely want to be a better human being, then you have to come clean from every angle. And the cards are going to fall where they may. How's that for a gambling analogy? So, okay. I'm a little passionate about that subject. I hate being lied to. Hate, 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 hate being lied to. It, it, it's... Uh, yeah, it's not something I, I handle very well. So it's it's devastating. I think it's even worse than the actions sometimes. And again, this is just my personal been on the side of the lies reaction. And I know that, like I said, it's been periods of time and I still haven't forgiven or maybe even if I forgave them because I know that it's best for me. I might not have relinquish or let go of the fact I was lied to because lying sucks and it just sucks. Okay, enough about that. Enjoy the rest of your Mother's Day. I will 
talk to you guys when I get home from Connecticut. And we have a 3.30 tea time here. Although I may golf in Connecticut first. I don't know. A lot of golf, even though it should be my Mother's Day adventure. So I'm going to make sure I treat mom real good tonight. All right, guys. I love you. Talk to you soon. Bye.